All right. Hello and welcome to the AWPT podcast. Today I have a very, very special guest, my fellow AWPT mentor and this month's fellowship masterclass host, Marie. So I'll let you introduce yourself a bit, Marie. I know you've been on the podcast before, but just give the people a bit of a um, a background to you, what you do, that kind of thing. Hi, everyone. Thanks for hopping on the podcast. And thank you, Eliana, for having me today. I'm so excited to be here with you. So my name's Eliana Marie. Most of you know me as Marie. And I am a women's fitness and mindset coach. And I do a lot of empowerment work with my clients as well. So I'm incredibly passionate about helping my clients and you know, my audience learn to get strong, learn to develop a healthier relationship with food. And the biggest thing that I'm super passionate about is helping women develop a healthy relationship with their bodies. So that's the crux of the work I do. And like Liana said, I hosted the fellowship this month. So thank you so much, Kayla, for the opportunity. And a lot of the the work that I do now as well with my clients is on body image. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And I I attended that masterclass and wow, so many like light bulb moments and just knowledge bombs. It was amazing. And something that um, like uh, you did at the start that I do with my clients as well. So before every um, educational call, I like to like focus their attention on what's actually happening in front of them right now we live such busy lives all of us I'm sure that we can relate so I want you guys to join me for a second whatever you're doing I know that I always like to go for a walk or I clean while I'm listening to podcasts um what do you like to do Marie when you're listening to podcasts Usually I'm driving or going for a walk or like yourself doing some housework. And sometimes yeah. even when I'm showering, I'm just like, it's, it's there, which yeah. is really interesting, right? Cause it's like, it's easy to do that and habit stack it with something, but rarely do we actually go, okay, I'm here to educate myself. Mm-hmm. Let's train our focus. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But even, yeah. So if you're going for a walk, if you're in the shower, if you're doing some cleaning, just join me and take a few deep breaths. So into the nose out through the mouth, into the nose, out through the mouth, one more, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Beautiful. Just feeling really present and thank you for being here with us today. I feel calmer already. Now, Marie, (laughs) yeah, Uh, tell us a little bit about your own birdie, birdie, journey with body image and I guess like that will tie into like why is this so important for you why do you think it's so important to educate women and our clients and coaches on the importance of this topic yeah definitely so my journey started when I was like in terms of the time that I noticed my body and kind of how I looked Uh, probably around 11 years old. So before 11 years old, I grew up in the Philippines. I was born and raised there. And I remember just being such a confident kid. Like I was kind of like in school, 
naturally a leader there. Like I was voted for like class president, all that stuff. I did all kind of like the dance performances in school as well. So I was a really confident kid. I was outspoken. Um, and I liked to joke because when I was in the Philippines, my my the name that I was called by is Aliana, which is my first name. So I like to joke that when my confident self comes out, her name's Aliana. She's like my alter ego, kind of yeah, like I how Beyonce that. has Sasha Fierce. Yeah. Um, anyways, fast forward to when I was 11, my family immigrated to Australia. And that's when I felt different. Like mm. I was in a completely different environment, different culture, started a new school. Um, the kids had a different accent. I brought a different lunch. Um and even though my school was pretty multicultural, there was a lot of um, cultural backgrounds that I still felt really different. So that's when I started to notice um, how I looked like, how I spoke, developing that hyper sense of awareness um, on my body image. And then on top of that, I really wanted to do dance. So mom enrolled us into like a ballet school. Um, and we, I did like ballet, jazz, tap, contemporary, all the dances under the sun. But I would say in particular ballet, it's such a focus on kind of like that graceful, long, elegant physique. When you're dancing, you want to make long, elegant lines. And my body type, I would say I held more muscle than my peers. So the girls that I danced with tend to be like longer, um, leaner, taller, where I was, you know, a shorter, uh, slightly more muscly kid. And I remember specifically, I was hating on my quads anytime we had to go on point. So basically this is where ballet dancers stand on their toes. Um, your knees go into extension and your quads, like, uh, how do you say this? They tense. And I just noticed how much bigger my quads were. And I hated like my thunder thighs, um, so I would say dance also added an element to that hyper-awareness with my body. And so all those layered together, as well as going through puberty, going through those changes uh, in the female body, I was so self-conscious. Uh, and I was also bullied in school, which wasn't fun. So that led to me being more aware of myself and the way I acted. And so how I responded to that was I really tried to fit in, did my best to fit in. Um, my accent changed. Um, what else did I do? I tried to dress the other way kids dress. And it was a really different time in my life because I wasn't used to this, wasn't used to the body that I was in, wasn't used to being so self-conscious. And then what happened from there, the rise of social media. I remember getting Facebook when I was 14 years old, I believe. And so it started taking more selfies, um, started comparing other people's photos to myself all in that puberty age, which can be mm. really hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about everything that happens in puberty, the changes, the hormones. It was, it was a lot. Um, and then got Instagram. And that's when I started following fitness influencers. I remember the first few I followed were Paige Hathaway, Katie Hearn. And I was like, oh my gosh, they have ripped <laughs> abs, Jen Salter, Kim Kardashian. This was when like the bigger butt was yeah. coming into uh, as a trend. And I was like, what do I need to do to get these bodies? So I remember Leanne, I was on Pinterest and I was downloading these ab exercises, these like strict diets. And I remember a time where I, I 
printed them out and plastered them on my bedroom door. So before I walk out my bedroom in the morning, it's the first thing I see. Wow. And you know, those really <laughs> toxic quotes, like nothing yeah. feels as good as skinny feels. Oh like it was. I had those printed out and I had them on my Pinterest board. And yeah, I got, I remember getting <clears throat> a, a, a mat from Kmart and, um, a few body uh, body weights, a few uh, small dumbbells. And I was doing like ab exercises, planks, crunches in my rooms. I remember doing the bikini bodyguard with my friend all to try and get abs and then to try and get a bigger butt. I had no clue what I was doing and yeah. I could never stick to the diet that I wanted to do. This was probably around 17 years old. And then this is a really long-winded story, guys. No, I'm <laughs> here for it. Everything I'm that, related that's kind of so, layered that's yeah. led to where I am now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I would say 19 years old. I remember seeing a friend go up in a bodybuilding stage and I was like, oh my God, dream physiques. There were mums out there looking shredded. What do I need to do to look like that? And at that point mm. I had started going to the gym. Um, I fortunately met one of my exes at you know, at, at work and he taught me a few things at the gym. And then when I saw my friend compete at the bodybuilding show, I was like, how do I need to train? How do I need to eat to get that shredded? That's exactly what I want. So I hired a coach, went through my first comp prep. And this is one of the things I didn't really realize before, but I wasn't really going into it for like sport reasons. I was going into it because I wanted to look like that physical ideal I had in my head that I've had in my mind for so long, ever since I was in my younger teens with the photos I had plastered on my, on my bedroom door. And so this is, this is it. This is me finally chasing that dream, a dream physique. And I went through a strict diet. I had a strict meal plan, no chocolates, no processed <laughs> foods. It was uh, fish, um, chicken, turkey mince, eggs, rice. I believe rice was the only carb source besides uh, rock melon that I was allowed to have. Oh my gosh. And I got lean. I got the six pack abs. I was shredded on stage. I won my first um, uh, category, my first division, which I was super proud of. And then the rebound. Mm. And around that time, I worked for a chocolate company. So I couldn't have any of the stuff that we were selling and the stuff I was getting for free. So what happened after my hunger hormones were shot, I didn't know this now. I was insatiable. Like I could eat so much and not feel full. And I didn't realize it was because my hormones were completely out of whack. And so yeah. I gained twice the weight that I lost. And wow. it led to that binge restrict cycle. And that was a really dark time of my life because oh my gosh, I've reached my ideal. And for some reason, I still wasn't confident. Mm. And then I couldn't retain that ideal. What mm. was wrong with me? Mm. And why, why was it such a struggle to eat a healthy portion of the foods that I loved? And so that start, started the really depressing downward spiral of, I can't get out of this binge eat and restrict cycle. I have gained so much weight in an unhealthy way too. And I just felt so lost and I really disliked my body at that point. That was the lowest point I had. Mm. And then I found strength training. And then I started focusing more on what my body could do. 
I did another bodybuilding show the next year, which I shouldn't have done, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Try and kind of like fix the physique. And I still was unhappy. Mm. And that kind of led to my quarter life crisis, as I would like to say. I was 23 years old, was working in a corporate job I didn't like in a body that I really still struggled with. And I was like, what do I need to do? So I started studying my PT certification to learn more about fitness and health to help myself and to help other women as well. And then that started the journey of, okay, how can I help other women love training and focus on what their body can do versus just what it looks like. And that's evolved to the coach that I am today. So I started off with training women as a PT Mm -hmm. um, and then teaching women how to have a healthy relationship with food. So removing the need to restrict and how can we allow for balance in their lives while still prioritizing nourishing their bodies. And then it evolved into adding the mindset stuff into that. How can we build more resilient women? Um, How can we embrace challenges and hardship and learn from that and grow from that? And then over the last year, it was a bigger focus on how can I help women become friends with themselves again? How can I help them reconnect with their bodies? Because one thing I realized is I was thinking about my body so much and you hear it as well. When you talk to other women, potentially like office workers or friends, how much they critique their body mm-hmm. and it takes away from an actual purpose in life, which is to me, I believe is to be of service to others and to make, you know, a positive impact on the world. And we lose that purpose. We lose the novelty of a new relationship because we're always fixated in our bodies. We, lose connection with our friends, our families, our loved ones, because we're not present when we're with them. We're thinking about how we look. So we lose the quality of life that we can have because we're so fixated in our bodies. And I think for me, that's the biggest why of why I want to help women learn to love themselves, learn to befriend themselves is because there's a better quality of life out there, guys. And if you're not at that point yet, it's okay. Like there's a lot of reasons why you're probably at this point now, but uh, the beautiful thing about humans is we are malleable and we are able to change at any time. So that's my long story long, how I got into teaching about body image. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. (laughs) And I'm sure that lots of people can relate. I know that I relate to a lot of stuff that you said in there. One of the first things I think that stood out to me was that like comparison And isn't it amazing like how your environment can really like shape your idea of yourself? So like you were saying, like you started to compare yourself to people on Instagram. I remember comparing myself. I had, did did you ever have Tumblr? Did you go Yes. Oh my gosh. I went through like, uh, it's not a grunge phase, but what? what Yeah, I went through the emo phase. (laughs) And the same thing, I remember seeing those, oh my, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels and like a moment on the lips, forever on the hips. And like, oh my God, ah, I, my heart goes out to like the little us, the younger version of ourselves, because it, you, you mm. hear stuff like that. You look back at stuff like that. And it's like, no wonder women have, and men have this negative relationship with themselves it's really really sad but there are beautiful people like yourself and I'm sure a lot of the women um, and a lot of the coaches 
in AWPT who are, are trying to shift that. And I think that mm-hmm. we are starting to see a big shift in the fitness industry. And I'm not sure if that's just because like I curate very carefully, like what I'm exposed yes. to. So yeah, what would, would you say there's a, a but I, I'd mad, I imagine that you'd be very much the same, like you, yeah, careful with who you follow and things like that. Definitely. Like one of the things I recommend people do is to curate their environment. What aligns with your values and what doesn't let go of what doesn't. And so mm-hmm. perhaps it is an element of we're not seeing kind of the, the messages and images that we were seeing before, but I think we're still exposed to it. Like when you mm-hmm. go to the explore page at Instagram, things can still pop up, things pop up as suggested all the time. Um, but I Definitely think there's a shift in the industry. I talk to a few coaches who I follow, actually a lot of coaches who I follow, and I see a post that they do and it's like, whoa, all right, they're on that journey too, which is awesome. Yeah. And I think to your point, when you asked me about my journey and I forgot to answer the question, like, why is it important for, for people to be aware of this and for coaches as well to lead this with their clients is because people may feel lost about where they are now. And so the very first step to that is self-awareness. What's causing me to feel this way? What are my triggers? And then what can I do about it? And that's where coaches come in. They help you build that self-awareness. They help you form almost like a game plan of, right, how can we address this when this happens next time? And then that third party to remind you, hey, it's okay you feel this way here's what we can do to start developing a healthy relationship with your body or with food or whatever the coach helps with. So yeah, I think it's an element of discerning what we see in our feeds. Mm. And then also it's an element of, I actually see people changing, which is really awesome. And then influencing their audience, which is awesome. And I, I like to call that the ripple effect. It's like when you share something vulnerable, even though it seems so scary, and this is perhaps for the coaches listening in, we don't want to be performative on a feed. We don't want to paint the picture of a perfect lifestyle because even if people look up to you, they may not resonate with you. And it's powerful when you are vulnerable because mm-hmm. people are like, I see a part of myself in her or, or him or whoever. Um, and you're able to develop a connection with your audience because you're showing a vulnerable side of you. You're showing that you're human and you're perfect. And then it's our job to like educate them on what we did to get ourselves out of there. So yeah, answering a few questions there. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So efficient. Um, but yeah, yeah. Very, very true. And I think I, again, definitely, definitely relate to that a lot as well. Um, and it, it can be hard being vulnerable at the start, but I've always found that when I am vulnerable, yeah, people like want to connect with you after that. Like, thank you so much for sharing that. I felt like that before too. And at the end of the day, if it's helping one person, then that's a, a win in my eyes for sure. Um, I wanted to, I'm having a brain fart. I wanted to touch on something that you said. No, I'm having a brain fart. Was there any? (laughs) Oh, I can't hear you, my love. There we go. 
There we go. We're back. back. Yeah. I think I accidentally pressed the mute button. Yeah. Um, so there was another thing that I was going to add on to what you, you mentioned just then. Um, when we share that vulnerable uh, piece of ourselves, a part of our story, one of the things that I like to ask uh, a potential client on either the application page or the discovery call when they want to sign on as a client is, why did you come to me? Like, why did you come to me as a coach? Because that informs you why they want to work with you. And I found, I don't know if you found this, Liana, but a lot of the time my clients go, because I saw that you went through this and I really wanted to learn how, or they relate to a part of my story. And that forms just such a strong bond beyond, you know, what you teach them about counting macros or how to squat. It's just a deeper level of trust and connections. Like I trust this person because they've been through what I've been through and I see them helping me. So that's why I want to work with them. So just a top tip that you can add to your sales calls or your application pages, because it's a powerful question to ask. And that's why I encourage you to be vulnerable. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that brings me back to the point that I was going to touch on before. Thank you. Thank you. It's a beautiful thing that we we can like from our own journeys as coaches, we we see that like growth in ourselves. We have to become aware of things that we have dealt with. So like yourself becoming aware of your comparison or comments that um, that you were making to yourself. And then through that knowledge that we're gaining with ourselves, we are able to give that to our clients as well. Um, which I think is so, so, so powerful. Definitely. Mm. And I spoke to this uh, on the masterclass last Saturday with the AWT, AWPT coaches that were on. Sometimes we can feel imposter syndrome of, can I mm. help this client with what they need help with? And a question or a, a, a mantra you can tell yourself is, you're, you you only really need to be a step ahead of your clients and you show them how to get to the point where you are now, or perhaps it's a similar experience that you've had. So it's your job to impart that knowledge impart that learning with a client. And yes, sometimes things may be out of your scope and you need to um, pass that on to another professional, but believe in yourself. If you genuinely believe that you can help this client, that's a part of you sharing your story, sharing your knowledge, your learnings, and then that's how you help the client. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's, again, something that we've all kind of struggled with in the past. And I've had people, because I do a bit of like uh, breath work and guided meditation and things like that. And I remember Mm -hmm. someone messaged me and they were like, are you qualified to do that? I'm like, do do I have to be, I mean, the controversial probably opinion, but I don't think you have to be um, uh qualified to do those kind of things like you said you always have to be like one step ahead of your clients and if you truly believe that what you're teaching is helping people then trust yourself and trust the power that you have to do that but then it's also about like you said sometimes you may have to refer out when it is getting um out of your scope for sure for sure um And what would you say was the, what 
the most like life-changing advice like you've gotten with your own body image um, or a story that you've like kind of helped like with a client, like a major win with a client? I love that. All right. I'll have to sit and think about the client, but for myself, it was, it was not a light bulb moment. It was moments of realizing that I am more than my body because mm. a lot of the time we spend as the observers of our bodies, you know, maybe we catch yourself in the mirror and we're like, mm, this part could be better. Mm, how do I look like today? Like we're just so focused on how we look like. Yeah. But when we start to become present, grounded within ourselves, I like to do that through modalities like meditation, breath work, like you said, going in nature where there are no mirrors, nothing to look at myself at, just me, mother nature. And even doing things like dancing where yes, you still observe your body through a mirror because you have to look at how your body moves and do certain techniques, but it's more of the feeling, what it's like to dance, what it's like to feel the sand between your toes when you walk by the beach, to smell the fresh air, to feel the sunshine on your skin. Even I would say like when I started dating again, um, I was focused more on the other person, listening intently versus going, what do they think of me? So I became the person living in my body eventually versus the one constantly observing and critiquing it. So to me, that was the biggest shift in, in my life. So yeah, that's something I would say to everyone. If you find yourself constantly observing, close your eyes, like use your breath to anchor you, spend some time in nature or when you're interacting with other people, instead of thinking, what do they think of me? Are they looking at my, my stomach? Are they looking at my arms or my legs? Listen to the other person, make eye contact, look at them. Mm. And then it's like this wonderful connection that you build with them versus you worrying about what you look like all the time. Um, in terms of a client that I, the, the kind of first person I could really think about, and she is someone who also inspires other people, her name's Sammy. So Sammy came to me um, after doing, I would say, diet, diet fads and diet trends with her uh, friends in high school. And then I believe she was 17 when she went through her first kind of eight week challenge with um, a group fitness franchise and she got shredded. She lost a lot of weight, but she was training so much. Mm. She wasn't eating a lot of food at all. And she had a similar journey to me in where she rebounded really hard, rapidly gained weight in an unhealthy way. She got really depressed with herself. Um, and for some reason, she found me on Instagram. Thank you, Universe, for connecting us. <laughs> and it was a really tough kind of start for her because she was so scared of going to the gym. I think there was a bit of um, trauma, really. She, she didn't want to step into a gym at all. Um, and then she was kind of nervous of how she looks like. Um, she was scared of trying to eat healthy again because of, you know, what happened in the past. But I worked with her um, in my coaching program and we firstly focused on, you know, let's execute these things at the gym. Let's do a visual food diary so we can see what you're eating. 
Um, and then through mindset work with her, we slowly shifted. It was kind of like, um, uh, pivot, you know, friends that scene where Roscoe's pivot. Yeah. We were slowly pivoting this couch. This couch was her mindset so that we did like a 180 turn. And I've been working with her for a year and a half now. And oh my gosh, she is so strong. And she is just this bright, charismatic young person. She's only 20 years old. Mm. And she has this whole life ahead of her where she is confident in herself still gets nervous, still, still gets self-conscious every now and then, but she's so self-aware um, and she's sharing her journey with others. It's that vulnerability piece. So she's Sammy's well-being on Instagram, if you guys want to follow. Um, and she's just really blowing me away with the amount of dedication she's put to this. Even on those really tough days, she just keeps going. Even on those days where she makes a mistake, she keeps going and it's honestly like I'm talking to a completely different human. And for her to be that young, 20 years old, feeling that way, I tell her, you Ugh. have your whole life ahead of you. Like you have your whole 20s to live in this confident mindset, in this strong, healthy body. Like that is such a blessing. So she's the, the client that pops up in my head. And again, the focus was more on can we accept that we may not like where we are now, but we can always um, change the way we think, the way we act, the way we feel. And then can we also focus more on living in your body, focusing on what your body can do versus just what it looks like. And of course the physical transformation came with it because you worked on mindset and identity. Then we worked on her actions. And then the outcome of it was a body composition, but that wasn't the main focus, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but she is, God, she's strong and she looks strong too. And I'm so proud of her. She recently hit her hundred she joined the 100 kilo club on a deadlift. So yes! yeah, she's amazing. What a queen. She I love queen. that. <laughs> yes, queen. If I could click, I'd be clicking, yeah. clicking right now, but I can't click. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, oh, that actually, like that story gave me goosebumps. It almost brought me to tears. Like oh. uh, just that shift mm -hmm. from, like you said, focusing on all that your body can do versus like what it's, not is truly just life-changing and I, I just I love it love it love it so much and yeah it just brings back a lot of I don't think I could pin like one client for myself but just seeing the changes that you're you're literally making to these people's lives so whether it be I had a client who finally gained confidence to like move out of home or mm. to wear a bikini or um she doesn't talk negatively to herself anymore yes. just those little wins are just my god yeah. I love that I love that Liana you know yeah. why you just mentioned like uh non-physical wins non-physical changes which is awesome yeah. and I think as coaches this is something we also need to focus on um you know as cl with clients of course they wanted the fat loss mm -hmm. and we have to talk at that level and then take them on a deeper journey with us we we they can't meet us at the moment where we're at because we've done so much work we've educated ourselves so much invested in things like AWPT to be more informed, to be more self-aware, to be better coaches. And we can't expect clients to meet us at that level initially. So we have to meet them at the level of, okay, okay you want to lose fat. This is how we're going to do it. So 
we can change kind of the trajectory and the way they think, because maybe at the start, they just focus on fat loss. They're like, oh, I haven't lost weight this week. Da, 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 da. But mm-hmm. it's our job to mention, okay, but how do you feel energetically? Oh, I have a lot more energy. I, I don't wake up feeling groggy or I feel like I don't need a snack in the afternoon. That's a win. Can we emphasize that more as well? And then over time, they'll start to realize it's not just about fat loss. It's a journey of truly living in a healthy mind and healthy body. And I love that your clients had those wins moving out of home, doing something they weren't going to do. I had a client, Maria, who moved into state and applied for a job. And she said, you know, I never would have done this stuff if I didn't feel confident in myself. I'm like, yes. Yeah. And now she's been like promoted within a year in this job. And I just, I just think it's amazing. And yeah, that's what we need to do as coaches. Can we emphasize those non-scale wins and non-physical wins? Because that takes the focus away from just what someone looks like. And I told this to the AWPT community on Saturday as well. Like how we look is still of importance to us because we're human being. We have eyes for a reason. When we, we make decisions based on, you know, what we see, mm-hmm. we still want to look good, but the key is knowing and sharing with your clients that how you look is not everything wonderful about you. Mm, I love that. Yeah. You're a human being with a lot more to offer. Yeah, for sure. And how would you, or how do you um, emphasize that with your clients? I know that like for myself, we do like, yeah, the weekly like uh, check-in forms and we do mm-hmm. weekly group calls. Is there anything else that you, um, yeah, like to implement with your clients or is there anything else that you're actually, like you're doing with them to mm-hmm. begin shifting those um, those thoughts and things like that? Definitely. So I'm similar to you. We do check-ins, we do calls and it's in those times where we can, challenge the way the client sees themselves. So if they say, like I mentioned before, oh, I didn't lose weight in the scale this week. I feel really upset. Can we ask them to explore other areas? It's like, okay, well, how do you feel? Like I said, energetically, um, how do you feel training? Oh, I feel stronger. Well, there we go. So we, I, I challenge my clients a little bit, not a lot. I don't tell them that's wrong. You shouldn't feel, feel that way. You have yeah. to acknowledge the way they feel, but then we slowly shift the way they think. So that would be one. I do calls. I do check-ins. I do kind of like monthly masterclasses with my clients where either myself or a guest coach come in and talk about a topic to get to know their bodies more, whether it's gut health, menstrual cycle, mindset, um, how to manage their nervous system. Um, So all these things that the client may not think about as important to their health, but they start to realize there are so many other pieces of the puzzle besides losing weight in the scale every week. So that would be one of them. There was something else I was going to say that I've completely forgotten, but um, if, it, if it pops up, I'll mention it again. So that would be the tools that I use for clients. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And I love those like um, monthly, like educational calls because they are the things that are going to plant the seed and like I think so we did one with my clients about like menstrual cycle mm-hmm. and it really like opened their minds to, oh, okay, so that's why, you know, the week before um, or I'm seeing like lots of progress, uh, weights moving up like really well. And then all of a sudden the week before my bleed, I'm feeling like the weight that I was doing two weeks ago is like super hard. 
So it's about like educating them on, yeah, so much more than just like you were saying, just how to count macros or just how yes. to, um, or just giving them a program. Um, I think it's like, yeah, again, amazing to see like the shift in the industry that people are coming to coaches and they're expecting a lot more. Um, and it's amazing that it's our job to provide them with all of this knowledge. And I learn so much from my clients as well. Um, yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. Definitely. And I think it's a, it's a good thing. You know, it's even challenging the way we perhaps coach. Mm-hmm. Can we um, coach in a way that empowers and educates our clients and we don't just teach, not teach, we don't just tell them what to do. Because yes. then that allows them to get to know their bodies better. I love that you ran a, men- a menstrual cycle masterclass. Like one thing I tell my clients is one way to appreciate your body is to know how it functions mm-hmm. instead of, you know, hating on your period when you, you bleed once yeah. a month, it's like, ah, oh, I'm on my period. It's like, well, this is actually what happens on your period. And this is why, you know, the scale weight goes up the week before. This is why you're hungry. And then they go, oh, yeah. And they start to, again, reconnect with their bodies more. Mm-hmm. And then they start to appreciate it for what it does instead of hating it for having a period. Exactly. Exactly. And I love how you mentioned before about like the dancing and things like that. Like even encouraging clients to do like a form of exercise that isn't involved in, in the gym. Yeah. Like I definitely, yeah. Being in the gym, like obviously we love it as coaches, but I don't think it's like the be all and end all of, no. and there's, I love that like doing things like dance, you're getting in touch with like your feminine energy, yes. getting in touch with your body, um, going out into nature, going for hikes and um, yeah, just being in nature. There's something about it that is just like so good for the soul. Um, what else? What else? Like going to the beach, like going mm-hmm. for swims and things like that. Or just going like for a run even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not my thing, but if that's same. Your- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But some clients love it. And then they go, should I really be going to the gym? I'm like, no, if you enjoy running, let's program in some running. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. And that's it. And again, it's about like helping them find what, uh, how do I say? What feels good for them? Because mm. I feel like, especially for women, for men as well we're expect you have to I've had clients oh but I have to train five to six days a week and I'm not allowed to eat this and I can't do that it's about um again how do I say yeah what works for you yeah yeah for sure and actually it's so funny I created a post about that this morning I posted it this afternoon it's I say stop following religiously what your favorite influence is doing because perhaps you're a mom with two kids and a full-time job and you're comparing yourself to someone who's a bodybuilder and does that for a living and and works out twice a day. Like don't expect that out of yourself. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. You don't have to eat how they eat. You don't have to train how they train. What works for you? What do you enjoy and what do you want to achieve? And then work based on that. So yeah, don't be hard on yourself if like your lifestyle is not the six days a week, you know, bodybuilding type of lifestyle. It doesn't have to be a lifestyle just because you look up to that person. Find what you love to do. Mm-hmm. Explore. Yeah. And I mean, here you go. Here you go, my love. If anything, I think most of our clients 
don't need to be training six days a week. Hell no. There's so, or like training is a stressor. And I think like we already live such stressful lives with work, commitments. Again, maybe you have kids or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. Yet they, educating them on the fact that, yeah, they don't have to be slaving away in the gym for five, six days a week. Like you were saying before, when we are less fixated on how our body looks, then we have more time to do other things. So what's that? If you're in the gym six days a week, you, you might train like at least an hour. If you cut that down to three or four days a week, that's an extra two, maybe even four hours that you have to do other things for yourself or with friends, with family. Um, there's so many other things that I just, yeah, believe is more important than just training. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, of course we know training is important. You know, for me, I always am a big advocate for resistance training for my clients, but it's knowing you don't have to like beat yourself up and burn yourself to the ground training so much at the gym because then that's actually not aligned to a healthy lifestyle that's more detrimental to your mental physical well-being if it's something you think you should do but you don't really want to do and you're not recovering from it so yeah it's something to definitely educate clients on Yeah. yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah, we know that um, I just wanted, we know that uh, strength training and things like that is important, but I think, yeah, it's not, I'm not the be all and end all. No. Um, there was, um, was there anything, I think we actually touched on everything that I wanted to discuss. Was there anything yeah. else that you wanted to add or discuss, Marie? I think that I had a really awesome chat with you. So thank you so much for having me. Um no, that's all. That's all I'd love to add. And maybe if, you know, the coach is listening, if you have any questions or want to reach out, um, if it's for yourself or for a client, reach out to me at Eliana Marie on Instagram. I'm more than happy to have a chat with you. Chuck us a voice note. I love a voice note. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so um, good. <laughs> I'll see if I, if I can respond and, and help with what you need help with. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Marie. That was awesome. And again, if you have any questions, um, you know where to find her and you know, you know where to find myself.